When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. John! What? Red 7! I don't know what Red 7 means. Hot route! I don't. W- what is hot route? Will you just go stand on the other side, please? Down! Come on! Ready! Down! Set! Hut! 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 Hit me! Booyah! That's what we call a sack lunch! Nom, 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 nom. It's time for the Soonerscoop.com postgame show presented by Eskridge Lexus in Oklahoma City. Eskridge Lexus is the official travel partner of Soonerscoop.com podcasts. Now, here's your road crew, Carrie, Eddie, and Bob, wrapping up all the action and reaction from this week's game. Welcome back. It is the Eskridge Lexus post-game podcast right here on Soonerscoop.com. Although, I don't know, Ed Eskridge might want to remove his name from this after the, what we saw tonight. Uh, Sooners lose it, uh, and I'm going to say it, it wasn't really close. They, it was seven points on the scoreboard, but this was an OU team that was just lethargic on offense. The same on defense. 41-34, Kansas State does it again. And yes... Here, here's okay. Here's my first. Everybody wants a drunk pod. It's two a.m. We can't do drunk pods at two a.m. We just fall asleep. I, I, I don't even know that if like it validates a drunk pod. I think that it was just so terrible. Like, and I'm not gonna sit here and mf everybody out there, but it just it was awful. That was this an embarrassing, like, per, embarrassing performance. This isn't like the tech loss in 2011. It's it can't be explained. Almost is that is it wrong to say that? I mean that one couldn't be explained. Um, I mean every every one of these games the, that we saw. You had the rain delay though in 2011, right. right? Like an hour rain delay. Yeah. Every one of these games we see with Kansas State just doesn't matter who the damn coach is. It always feels like the same game. Well, rewatching. They, they lined up and just whooped their ass for. You know, however long it it just it it it's getting a little old, and I don't think that they are, really have a whole lot of answers. We are here to put some respect on Heisman Trophy candidate Adrian Martinez's Jesus name. Christ, man! <laughs> like the guy, like I, you know, we talked about Tim Fitzgerald. I talked to him again uh, on Friday, yeah, and he was basically like, "Yeah, if you know things don't go well in the set in the first half, they might have to think about moving him out of that position." and he looked like a Heisman Trophy candidate tonight. I mean, he just he could not be. Oh, his defense made him look like a Heisman it was Trophy just candidate. So bad, and I don't know if it's like more disappointing or if it's just like, well, maybe this wasn't going to be fixed overnight. But it was terrible today, Kerry. Well, here's my thing too. Um, like, I, I get a certain amount of perspective running the Sooner Scoop Twitter account during the game because, like, uh, to be honest, there's a, a couple of guys I muted tonight just because, like, from the start. You got you can't be an asshole like right from the beginning. The first time a bad play happens, you can't demand for somebody to be benched or someone's job. Like it's just it's ridiculous. But for the most part, like what it does do is it gives me some perspective. It's like I see like okay, a bunch of fans are pissed off about this or uh, I'll see something I'm like, "Shut up, you're just an idiot fan." And then the more that you know, I get away from it. I'm like, you know, that guy had a valid. That guy had a valid point, and I just dismissed him. What was the first one of those tonight? Uh, I don't know if I want I mean, to say. It just well, it just started so poorly. They were they went up and down the field on Oklahoma, and before you knew it, it was fourteen to nothing right out of the gate. There is not. I mean, outside of I think Jalen Redmond and Eric Gray. I don't think there's one player on this roster that you you shouldn't that I'm okay. I, I, let me put it this way: I'm okay if you want to criticize any player on this OU roster, except for Eric Gray and Jalen Redmond after today. And still, I mean, I think that you could say like stock down for almost everyone. Jay, I mean, Jalen Redmond, he didn't record a sack. They didn't. They didn't have any pressure. Did you know that Reggie Grimes did not show up on the stat sheet at all tonight? It was as if he didn't even play. Not one time. Not one That's time. Amazing. Not for one thing. That is amazing. I mean, they 
they could not get any type of push. They couldn't get any no. type of pressure on Their him. Their offensive line just stonewalled them. Did they have one quarterback hurry? Uh, Do they list those on there? Well, you got to throw the ball to have a hurry. Uh, yes, they do somewhere. Hold on. I'm I mean, it up. just seemed like Adrian Martinez was Actually, doing whatever he wanted. Chart. And, you know, goddamn, it's like every time they play Kansas State, I feel like Kansas State lives in third and three the entire night. And they did it tonight? The entire night. Third and 16. But, yeah. And third, they go for 55 I mean, yards on the ground with the quarterback that you know is going to run the ball. By the way, QB hurries, they had four of those tonight. That's a lot more than I thought. Key and, Lawrence but did had they, one. Did they Jalen tr- Redman had two. Uh, Ethan Downs had one. Did they truly affect the throwing of the football, though? A couple like, times, yeah. There was just, the one where uh, the Deshaun White could have gotten called, but he yeah, didn't touch the guy. He yeah. face guarded him, but he didn't touch him. That's right. That's right. Uh, there was the other play. Who was it that knocked that out of the tight end's hands that was down the field? That was a rollout, though. And he and it was a it was a moon ball. Yeah. And it came right down the receiver's yep. hands and somebody swatted it out. I mean, Billy Bone had a nice play in the in the uh the end zone there. And I thought that was the moment that I thought they might be able to get away with this. They might be able to get with, get away with this when they held him to a field goal. But there's so many times that you look at, you know, whether it be offensive or defensively, they just had so many miscues, whether it be you're starting to move the football, you feel like you have momentum, you get across the 50, false start. I mean, I just, how many I times mean, did that happen tonight? The the self-inflicted wounds in the third quarter, that was, this is kind of how I feel about it, sitting here at 2 a.m. after not even re-watching the game. You get the ball to start the th- third quarter. Kansas State won the toss, they took the ball. Smart move on them. They controlled the ball. They controlled the entire first half with that very move. Uh, And then you get the ball in the second half of your Oklahoma to start out. You come out. You have a drive. It goes well. starting to put something together. Eric Gray's getting some some yards on the ground. I think he had like five consecutive plays. Like one was a pass. Yeah. I mean, they But but it stalls out. It stalls out. You kick a field goal. And then you start your next drive like two, two runs by Eric Gray. Oh, boy, it looks like it's going. Then I think you got a holding penalty at some point. Then that drive dies. Then the next drive, Eric Gray was like 50 yards in two, in two runs. And you screw up that drive, too. And then you have the play where it's like fourth and two, and you're going to go for it, and then you get a false start, and you have to end up punting the ball because you're like on the 39 or something. Like, the penalties, and Chris Murray continues to be one of the guys. Like, I... I think Brent Venables was literally baffled by the fact that they went to Nebraska a week ago, didn't have any problems. They come home to their own home crowd and they fall apart mentally. The three, uh, four possessions in the in the third quarter: field goal, punt, downs, punt. And I mean, let's the kind of the and ele- that game was over at that and point. Yeah, it it, it definitely was because the defense wasn't getting any better. No, and I I think that you know, I do you want to get into it? Dylan Gabriel, he, you can't continue to miss guys that are open and not even see some guys. It, and it's hard for me to tell down on the field, but just from the way that I, the fans I will acted, say this. Drake Stoops was open all night. I don't think that's true. Okay. Um, I, watching this game, I did notice that Dylan Gabriel scanned the field more than he has been. Sure. And, I mean, look, he found Theo Weiss wide open a couple of times. He... You know, they, they, they're running more of a game plan for Jalil Farouk to kind of get the ball in his hands and let him make some plays with his feet. Yeah. Uh, but they didn't go to Drake Stoops that much. I mean, he wasn't out there for that many plays. I feel like he was out there for many. Yeah, they went exactly. with Mims, Weiss, and Farouk, and then Braden Willis. Yeah. So it's like Drake is just not a, one of their top options right yeah. now. And, and with Farouk uh, emerging a little bit, they're using him more. And sure. uh, look, you look at the, the stat chart of receptions tonight. It was spread around really well. I mean, I'm sorry I'm doing this by paper, but uh, Gray had nine targets. Farouk had six targets. Braden Willis, six targets. Marvin Mims, nine targets. Like, yeah, you, Marvin Mims disappeared in the second half, but you still targeted him as much as anybody else for the entire game. Theo Weiss, four targets, three catches. Like, if you want to say anything, you should have targeted Theo Weiss a little bit more. Yeah. It just, I, I think that there are moments throughout a game, though, that you can kind of cease momentum. And it happens with those big plays. You get the crowd back into it. Now, granted, 
defense couldn't stop anybody tonight. But but if the offense hit, had every opportunity. Oh, they had plenty of to seize momentum. They had and plenty they of opportunity. Gained a little momentum, but they could never finish it off. Every time that it seemed like they took that momentum, they had a penalty that would back them up behind the chains. And it's just like it's kind of how to win a football game 2.0 or whatever. You can't do that shit against a good team. And Kansas State's a good team. Regardless of what they did a, a week better. ago. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm sure they played vanilla against Tulane. I mean, Brett Venables even was asked that question, like, why could Tulane stop him and yeah. you couldn't? And he basically said, well, they were vanilla last Tulane week. Tulane was physical. I'm sure. Tulane was physical with him. I, I didn't think that... I don't know. It, it, it's one of those things, too. Now you get back to, like, okay, well, what was the last three weeks? Was it just performing well against teams that suck? Yes, it was. <laughs> but we go back to this, the way that they won the physicality that they had against Nebraska, and it just wasn't there tonight. I don't know what happened. And, you know, I, Bob brought it up in the war room. You know, you think back to Tuesday night when we're out there, and Miguel Chavis is chewing their ass after practice, and they kept the entire defense around there. And you said Deshaun White even uh, validated that they did have a terrible practice on Tuesday. Bob said that. I, w- I wasn't over there with Deshaun. Okay. I went with Danny Stutzman and uh, David Wigbu, and, of course, they're, they're wearing it on – you know, their shoulder as far as they got to be better leaders. They got to be better players. This was, they, a, were, they were awful tonight. I like, I like those guys a lot. They were awful. This is the Danny Stutzman. You have to grow up game. Yeah. I, I, I'm pretty sure that, uh, I was told that Curtis Lofton had a heart to heart with him after the game. Mm. So, I mean, it, that doesn't make it better. It doesn't make anybody feel any better about the way that they performed tonight, but they have to be better. Like, there was so much arm tackling tonight. And David Key Lawrence was just, bad tonight. It, it, when he was on the field, I still don't understand what they're doing there with the safety position. It just, I don't know. You I, have guess, a, I mean, let's put it this way. You have a defense, and Justin Broyles is a starter. How yeah. good is that defense? Yeah. I, I, it's an indictment on I your hate, entire I, program. I hate to go back and just continually pick on the guy, but it seemed like most of the time when they were having the success over the middle, especially, he's just nowhere to be found. You need to be better as a team than to have Justin. Justin Broyles should be like fourth team. Like You need to have better players on your team. And that, that's not all Brent's fault. This is his first year here. He hasn't yeah. had a chance, but it's still an indictment on your defense that Justin Broyles is one of your best 11 players. Woody Washington was awful in tackling tonight. Yeah. And, uh, the, you know, they attacked the edge, I thought, especially with uh, Adrian Martinez throughout well, the game. Well, that's the thing. They, had, they have an advantage with Malik Knowles. And because uh, they don't throw it that much, like they don't really use it like he would be used in yeah. other places. And Malik Knowles had the big kickoff return as well. Yeah. I mean, it just like everything that has happened, and now it's three of the last four years against Kansas State, it just seemed like it happened again. It was like deja vu almost, giving up big plays on special teams, making penalties. They didn't turn the ball over, but at the same time, it felt like they did at times. Obviously, they you know on the fourth and, fourth and three or whatever that they didn't pick up. Uh, missing stoops there in the uh, the south end zone, but it was just it was awful. And even with all of that said, they still had a chance to get off the field on third and sixteen, and you give up a fifty something yard run. By the way, this is very like just kind of fan drama stuff, and I don't want to get into it, but I'm going to. But like they're trying, and the lights and stuff, they're trying to improve the game day experience. Sure. But when the other team goes up 14 nothing, and you want to have a contest for chicken for a year, and also you want to do like games and shit on the screen and just ha-ha, you know, funny, funny, that's not the time. Like, can you not just say, hey, just know the room? Like, I mean, the from room a game a operation bit. standpoint, I would imagine they can't because they're... Well, they need to fix it where they can. To come down in the second quarter, yeah. you know. I, they should be able to tell Chicken Foot, you know, hey, you're going to wait a little bit. Yeah. Like, go back. This game is not going in a way that helps the sponsor, A, or helps the atmosphere because no one gives a shit about whether a guy wins Chick-fil-A when they're up 14 nothing. Yeah. It, the other team I mean, is up it, 14 nothing. And even with that said, I, I feel like the, the atmosphere was really good It was times. good. It was really and, good. And, and here's the th- other thing. They're trying too hard in some instances, and I'm talking about Jim Miller, the PA, because I don't know how what, much you could tell I, down on the what, field. What, what was that? He was trying to fit in a boomer after yeah, every first down. He's been down. doing it this year. That's like something new. 
I didn't notice it last game. Yeah, but he's been doing it. But, I mean, McCade Matower jumped off sides because of that. That's what people were telling me. And uh, I'm going to read you. I asked Jeff Lebby about it after the game. Uh, and, and this has got to be, I can't believe Trammell transcribed this. Uh, I asked about the, the, the PA announcer. Was he distracting? Because people felt like because it was after first downs, you guys go so fast. Like he's, he's having the crowd yell back sooner and he's yelling boomer and it's taking more time and it seems to be distracting. Here's what Jeff Levy said. He said, we'll talk about that from internally and just kind of see. We are trying to snap the ball quickly on first down. That's something we'll talk about. Yeah, so, so obviously, obviously not happy he's saying, it. yes, the guy screwed us with all of his chant crap. I just don't get it. I Like, why? Who thought that was a good idea? Turn his mic off. They need to have a, a cough button up there. The thing just hit after he says first down. I just, it, it, I don't know. Like, it's really weird. Like, I don't think that I'm necessarily mad. Not really disappointed. It just, it, it kind of is what it is. It's, I think it's kind of a punch in the gut to the certain extent of maybe this thing isn't, like, that's a, the team that played out there tonight. That's losing, they're losing three or four games in the Big 12. Yeah. Easily. They could lose next week. Get their ass kicked at the Cotton Bowl. I mean, it also seemed like Braden Willis had some dumb penalties tonight. Well, he had the, he had the, he, he got called for the false start there in the red zone on the fourth and one. Mm-hmm. But, right, right. I think it was Wanye Morris. I think they identified it incorrectly. Okay. They announced it, Braden Willis. But, yeah. at, I mean, it doesn't matter. Somebody jumped. How does that, I just, the the lack of discipline tonight from a tackling standpoint, from angles taking like David Awegbu trying to tackle Adrian Martinez. There was a couple times it's just like you're not going to tackle him. You're trying to run straight at him. Yeah, it's like they it, it's truly like they just completely had lost their minds tonight. Well, and I mean, truth be told, they're lucky that Deuce Vaughn didn't have a bigger night. Sure. I mean, he still had a 116 yards, I think. Yeah, and they kept he kept. There was a couple times that, you know, he'd run off like that, a 22-yard carry up the middle, and the linebackers were just nowhere to be found. Like, nobody was there. Yeah, yeah. Like, the seas parted, and the defensive line was just getting their ass kicked. Both defense and offensive line, and that's what is worse. I thought the offensive line pass protected pretty well, though. They did okay. But that's what's worrisome, I think, overall, because you say, like, we, we talked about it on the U40 this week as far as, this was going to be a major test. This was the best team that Oklahoma had played to date. And it wasn't a seven-point game, like you said at the beginning. It That was – they got thoroughly beat in every aspect of the football game. Here's what's just so weird. OU averaged more yards per rush than Kansas State did tonight. Yeah, it seemed like they went away from it a couple times. They also averaged more yards per pass than Kansas State did tonight. Of course – they're throwing a lot of short stuff with Martinez because they know if he's throwing it down the field, there's a chance somebody's going to pick it yeah. off. I mean, there was a couple times that Martinez would throw those little swing passes. And one in particular, I thought, you know, Billy Bowman had a rough night. I mean, when I say somebody's name, you can just assume they had a bad night. But yeah. it was like they would have guys, he was dead to rights out in the, in the flat. And you had not one, but two guys miss a tackle on him. I mean, it's 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 one of those things. Like I, I don't know. I can't even explain who it. had it worse. Like the offense had it was terrible. I mean, it, it, it was a mo- it was the biggest momentum killing offense that I've ever watched on that field. I think they just and they because they've got was, players. They can make plays. They can make big plays. They just have not. They have to put it together. It was and it was a lot of it was like. Wouldn't you say eighty five percent of it was self inflicted? Sure, let's go with that. I mean, when you're when you're trying to move the football, and you're basically in first and fifteen or first and twenty every time, what what are you going to do? <sighs> yeah, I mean, they couldn't. They couldn't. Well, and the other thing was they just had some ridiculously, like the pass to Drake Stoops that people are upset about, like that was a bad pass. Mm -hmm. Jalil Farouk drops a ball like a two-yard pass right into his chest. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
it Marvin was, Mims on a uh, third down, you know, I, I he's open. You got to hit him. You missed Drake just, Stoops on a deep ball. Him. You missed Marvin Mims on a deep ball. But you also threw a great deep ball to Marvin Mims too. Sure, you did. But I mean, it's it's one. It's one out of many that we've continually said that he has to make some of these throws. And let's face it, the defense stunk tonight. No, I mean it was terrible. Yeah, you like can, we can see the here. offense. The offense. It's the first time that they've played together. Yeah. Like these guys on defense, for the most part. I mean, they've been playing together. They know each other. I mean, not Lualu and yeah. uh, you know some of those guys, but. You know, Ethan Downs and Reggie Grimes oh, and Jalen Redmond and Jordan Kelly and Isaiah Coe and, like, Stutzman Agwebu. I mean, like, Deshaun White. I mean, like, there's no excuse for them to not be more cohesive as a unit. Defensively, they're just awful. They like were terrible. It, it, there's, there's really no... Was it worse than at points a year ago? Because there were truly points where Kansas State was getting whatever they wanted when they wanted, methodically, 11, 12 play drives. Like I remember I, this, this game a year ago, Reggie Grimes knocks a ball out that Nick Benito returns like 80 yards. Yeah. There were, there were times in the first half where, you know, I thought OU was getting back into the game. You finally, like, you don't get what you want. You have to settle for three there before halftime. But it felt like things were starting to slow down a little bit. And then you give up an 11-play, 42-yard drive, and they get a field goal before half. <sighs> I just uh, – it's, I seriously, this is the first time I think we've ever done a post-game pod where I'm just like, I want to do it. Like, I'm just tired of talking. About, like, uh, I just watched a boatload of shit, and I really don't feel like sitting here talking about it because it was all bad. There's there's no – there's no oh, okay, well, you know, it's too early in the season. I mean, they were supposed to be 4-0. Yeah. They're 3-1 and one now. Yeah. It's too early in the season – to just continue, you know, continue to shit on everything, but at the same time, what we saw tonight was awful. I mean, it was I, awful. I'm sitting here trying to get like big picture takeaways, but it's all the same bullshit that. And I, yeah, I don't care about big shit, but like, I didn't want anybody to say, "Well, there was some good stuff out there." Yeah. I mean, at least like, or well, we you gotta, got stuff to build on. At we least. have we have all of our goals ahead of us. Uh, OU fans have heard that time and time again. It's like I came over here, kind of telling my dad, "It's like, is OU A and M?" Like everybody loves to make fun of A and M, but they might be A and M right now. They lose the games that they shouldn't lose. Lose a game that you shouldn't lose, and then all of a sudden you look, you're like you're stand, left standing there going, "Well, I guess they can get back into it." They might have been A and M with Lincoln, but I mean they still were winning Big Twelve championships. Yeah, and th- and this is and A and M wasn't doing that when they were in the conference. I I know I'm I'm being I guess a little bit facetious in a way but it just it it's frustrating to sit here and kind of be back to where they are it's like and why is it kansas state all the time it is like, i mean what, year, what 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 shit are we in for with iowa state this year now i think that kansas state is just much more physical and they i don't know if i i don't want to sit here and say like they wanted more but it <laughs> sometimes feels like they do they come in and they never they never turn the ball over. And granted, OU didn't turn the ball over tonight they either. They let OU screw themselves, but basically. The yeah. discipline stuff, that's the shit that was supposed to be fixed. It was almost like Brent was like he was shy, like in a state of shock after the game. Are you saying this was an inside job? I mean Brent's actually I, it would it would be explained a lot easier. Be, it'd be explained a lot easier if it if it was an inside job. I just like I I it's hard to explain the. Did they make like stuff. a deal with with uh, Bill Snyder? Like when Bob and Mike and Britt all left, they're like, "Okay, we will let Kansas State win once every three years." Yeah, but they're winning every year now. It's three of four. Two out of three. It's three, of three of four. four. It's three of four. And Jesus, two straight in Norman, coming off a loss for Kansas State. Oh, it's inex- inexplainable. It's in, inexplainable and it's also inexcusable. It's both. For them to perform the way that they did is a little inexcusable. And Brent, like you could tell, he did not see this coming. Like no, I and I, that's that. Bill and Gabriel didn't see this coming, and that's kind of the worrisome thing. It's like, did they think that everything was fixed overnight? Like I, I know that we sat here and was like, the defense could be good. They're tackling. They're making plays. They lead the country in TFLs. It was fool's gold because it was Nebraska. Yeah. 
but even Kent State, like, I mean, they played well today in Athens. I know. They got 22 points against that defense. I just, it, it, it's I think it's truly, one of those things. I, I mean, I think it's just like the thing on Tuesday when we saw them getting after each other well, I just at wanna, practice. Like, so what happened? Like, why did they all of a sudden have bad practices? Probably because they look like shit like they had today. Yeah, is it is, but it, like, that's where I start thinking like, well, shit, is there something wrong in the locker room? Like, is there something wrong? My thought is like, have they hit a wall because they practice so hard for so long now? Like, have they hit a wall that they can't get past? I think it's because a, Brent just has them killing each other in practice every day. It's a fair question, but it's also like that's that's not good. I mean, they're four weeks into the season. This mm-hmm. is still. I mean, you just got done with it, the first quarter of your season, and they've already hit a wall. But maybe they're yeah. beat up. Yeah, I. But at the same time, it's like health wise, they don't have guys like out yeah you know they are mason thomas was obviously out again tonight uh it just i don't know there was there were points where it's just like i think and it starts like setting into in the fourth quarter it's like yeah they're getting beat tonight i texted i texted <laughs> matt barry to, at a halftime and i was like it just has we've we've seen those games where it had that feel where it's just like something's not clicking tonight i think something's wrong with me because and maybe it's because i'm running the scoop account but like, I'm still like, okay, OU has three timeouts and 256 left. Like, if they could get the ball back and score, if, who if, knows? If, like, you get the, if you get the off the field on third and 16, I think they move at least into the red zone. I don't know if I can tell you that they're, I'm going to sit there and say that they're going to force overtime, but they're they at, at least, least going to have a chance. To put the ball in the end zone. As bad as they had played all night, yeah. you're going to have a chance. Yeah. And I think But that's guess the, what? They went 55 yards. Right, and it wasn't third and sixteen. He went fifty-five yards, and that wasn't a called draw. He scrambled up the middle, and nobody was there. And the worst part about it is, Venable said they had a spy after the game. Where, who was it, and where was he? Was he getting blocked? What's the? uh, This is an old reference. Is it Mister Magoo, the guy that couldn't see? Something like I. I know the name, Mister Magoo. I mean. He would have had a better chance than some of those guys out there tonight tackling because it was just. I mean, it, like it was awful. when when Danny Stutzman is one of your biggest problems on defense, it's not going to be a good night. Yeah, he had. That's I mean, something that he's got to realize. Like, love Danny, but I and he would be. He said it after the game. They were just flat out terrible. Like I, I don't know where those guys were tonight. They were they, a lot of times they were just being run out of the play. Like, there was truly, through my camera lens, there were points where there was nobody in the middle of the field. It was just like they were having to come from the outside. And, you know, 15 yards later, you tackle somebody. I wonder what their scout team was like this week. Because who runs that? Like, who could run that? And by the way, can I just say this real quick? Dylan Gabriel is a quarterback at Oklahoma. There's no other option. Like... Please stop saying to get him out of there. Like, you're living or dying with Dylan Gabriel. You are. Davis Bevel is not an option. Unless Dylan Gabriel loses a leg. And they still might try to, like, reattach it somehow. Yeah. You know, I, it, it is what it is. You're either going to, you're, you're going down with the ship if it's going to be yes. Dylan Gabriel. Like, yes. you have to. It's he him has, or nothing. It's part of, part, he has to play better. Part probably need to reevaluate expectation at the quarterback position just because they've been so good over the last yeah. you know X amount of years, and the other part of it too is is like offensively, yes, they they had problems, they missed shots. That wasn't number one tonight. No, the 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 mentality of of that team is the the issue more than the physical. The mental is more of an issue than the physical on offense. On defense, it, you you can say whatever you want because they were just flat out bad. I truly like. I don't know how they were so bad. And I think that's the thing that I keep going back to is is they were at least being disciplined. Well, Brent, Brent said it. I mean, like if you watch it from upstairs, mm-hmm. the, everyone was getting blocked. There were no free men 
No one was defeating their blocker. That was number one. Number two, linebackers were not filling the gaps and were not physical at the point of attack. And they were missing tackles. And they just weren't gaps out. Like, everything that you have to do as a defense, defense, they failed to do tonight. And the only reason that most of the secondary escapes blame is because they didn't have to throw the ball. They didn't really do a lot. Yeah. You know? I mean, now... They threw the ball, but it was more out on the outside edges. And those guys were awful tackling. Yeah. I mean, they just were. They, they were getting four or five yards a pop every time that they, they threw those little swing passes. It's, so it's, they lose 41-34. It's almost become like, I think... And this is, this is the worst part about all of it. I think OU fans have just become kind of... I don't I'm know. Numb. I'm are numb they, to it. Are they apathetic just to, just to these bullshit performances? Yeah, it's I just kind of so. like, well, there it is, there it is. We'll move on. It's kind of like it's kind of like the for. joke that I always make, but it really is. I think how I I feel like it's me in a lot of ways, which is Brent. We want to tell you, we try to tell you that guy wasn't any good, but you wouldn't listen. You're like you you don't need to start him. You're gonna find out soon enough. I don't know. It's like you see what I'm saying is. You've seen this all before. Yeah. And it's the same thing. It's the same thing. And everybody, you know, now they got their backs against the wall. Everybody's going to rally around them. Uh, or, you know, at least in the locker room, they're going to. And, and I can tell you what they're going to say on Monday. And now I can tell you what they're going to say on Tuesday. It's, it's not yeah. going to make anybody feel better about it. Monday, they're going to see after watching the film, breaking it down. We see, you know, where we need to be better. Yeah. You just got to be better. We're, and hopefully it's, they don't say we're, we're not that far off. It's it's the wake-up call that we needed. <laughs> I it's, don't the wake, hear. it's the wake-up call we needed. No one wants to hear about wake-up calls. No, it, it, it's, it's the end of September. There's still a lot of football to be played, yes, but I mean... Shit, Kansas is probably better than they are. They're undefeated. OU's not. There was just nothing. I mean, they're they're truly, and it's kind of like you said. There, there's truly nothing that you can come in here and say right now that you would go that gives you hope or that. I think was you a could, but I don't want to. I don't want to hear that shit. <laughs> I mean, spreading the football around to different receivers, I think, is a positive. But I don't want to hear about that shit. They were just so bad at times. And I again. It's when you're living out of first and 20, when you're living out of first and 15, it's tough. And against a, against a defense that, that is good and defensively sound and well coached. And they were dropping a lot into coverage. Yeah, it seemed like that. I mean, that's why they were trying to hit the underneath stuff so much. I mean, the, here's the, the, I mean, the indictment of it all. You don't, we don't have to break down who played well, who played poorly. Adrian Martinez had 21 carries for 148 yards and four touchdowns on the ground. And he also threw it for 21 to 34 for 234 yards and a touchdown. Adrian Martinez, Adrian Martinez, the guy that they, Kansas State fans themselves, were ready to bench after bench. last week. Bench. Came in here and scored five touchdowns. That's how shitty your defense was. Benched. They, they wanted him benched. They did not want him to play quarterback anymore. Wild. They did it all on the ground, like all on, almost all on the ground. Couldn't stop anybody. Couldn't stop anybody. And Deuce Vaughn, a very pedestrian, 116 yards. Every time he touched the ball, he nearly went for five yards. Every time Adrian Martinez pulled it down, he went for seven yards. It's wild. I mean, are there like, are there are there major? Like panic button moments tonight, where you go, this is going to be a long season. No, I mean not not now. Not, I mean you go to TCU and play like shit. Yeah. I mean, like th- what you have to do as an OU fan is say, okay, we. It's like every time you get here, you feel like you 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 shouldn't be here, or it's it's all new, or like it's it's like this overwhelming feeling of disappointment. Like no, it's the same thing that always happens. Like you lose your first game. And everyone loses their mind. And it takes about three days 
to get back to where you don't feel like it's the end of the world anymore. And then Thursday, you start thinking things like, well, you know, these guys just, they, they needed that. Like, th- they needed that to grow and become the team that they were meant to become. And then by Friday, you've got yourself in a tizzy and you're just like, okay, if we just go beat TCU, it resets the season and, yeah. and we can still make the college yeah. football playoff. We need to make an oath. We will not talk about this team making a college football playoff. <laughs> like, like, truly. They're so far from that right now. Be like, you know, I, you probably don't know this, but like, if you go into a music store, you're not allowed to play Stairway to Heaven on the guitar. Um, it's just like a thing. Well, they did it in Wayne's World, I thought. Well, no, that was Wayne's that's why, World. Yeah. That's, 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 they talk yeah. about it in that movie. But yeah. even before that movie, it was a thing. And, uh, we should have a pack. Like after after you have a loss, you can never talk about the college football playoff until it expands to twelve teams. It's just so numb to this whole idea of going out and throwing out that bullshit game that they've they've done time and time again. And, and you thought it was going to be different because of Brent, and no, you thought you Brent was like you know you reaching these guys on a level that other people had not reached before. Sure, and I think that that's why like after the way that they performed in in Lincoln, and you go, yeah. They get it. This this team's not going to have a letdown. This team's not going to have a letdown. They went into a madhouse, got down seven to nothing, and, and shut it off, and just stomped on someone's yeah. throat. And today they got Did punched Nebraska in the face. They didn't play. Today. No, they were off today because remember they have the October first buy, oh, the buyout yeah. next week. But and then today they got punched in the mouth multiple times, and they got up a couple times, but they kept finding themselves on the floor. Yeah. They 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 could not consistently land knockout blows. No, they just couldn't. They couldn't. And I don't know, man. It just it's almost stunning in a way, but it's not at the same time because we, like we said, we've been through this before. We've seen it unfold. I think OU's lost five, four or five times. Mike Houck tweeted after the game. Uh, they've lost their conference opener and every year they've gone on to win the big 12 championship. But that shit just like, it's not good enough anymore. And I mean, I'm not saying that they're going to run the table and go play. But I mean, there is, I I mean, I think you have to have a certain amount of perspective that this is a first year head coach. Yeah. It's a new head coach. Yeah. But at the same time, that should never happen. The way that they played, you can, I, you can live with a 34, you know, 31-28. 31-28. You can live with that. Get beat by a field goal. Yeah. They just made be- they made more plays. All right. I think it's a good thing. Actually, we just had a buddy drop by. I think we, we both know Christopher. And uh, I actually do a ra- morning radio show with his brother, Curtis. Christopher, Pitt, Christopher Pitt Fitzpatrick. I promise this isn't the drunk pod. We're not drinking. Christopher Fitzpatrick. He's uh, you overseeing Hostie. Yeah. At the deli? If you ever want to have a pick me up after an OU loss, that's the best place. Best <laughs> that's thing the only thing that do. can get you through it, right? Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. If How you does w- Hostie handle OU losses? He just tells jokes about Pizza Shuttle and <laughs> you know colonoscopy. You know, everything's everything's about Pizza Shuttle, then you just kinda work your way through that because he and doesn't cones really... lately, right? <sighs> yeah, oh yeah, cones are the main thing. I I, I wanna say in two thousand six, OU Texas Oh, you lost. Yeah. The Peterson 28-10 year. Everybody was obviously just completely decimated, and, and we went to the Dubliner in Dallas. And, and you know, if you just want to escape, that was that was awful that year. And then we yeah. went to see Hostie, and we were like, wow, if anything can make you smile. <laughs> there's, more, you there's, lost. there's more to life than seeing all the bullshit that is out there. Yeah, like not being able to tackle a quarterback on a third and sixth. <laughs> oh, yeah, we've screamed out 55 yards many times so far on the pod. I mean, you were shooting the game, right? Uh-huh, yeah, and we, I, I talked with Eddie tonight. Like, the thing you could tell from the lens was looking at every single time he carried out a fake, the middle would just part. Oh, yeah. Nobody seas, was there. The seas would part. Nobody was there. Well, there was that one uh, zone read where Stutzman just tackled, and it was on a touchdown. He just tackled uh, Vaughn, and nobody nobody was on uh, Martinez at all. He just walked Yeah, that the was the, the one in the south end zone. Right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I don't even think I got that shot. I think I'd stayed with uh, the ball. I was like, what a great play by Danny. And it's like, yo, that's because Adrian Martinez has the football. 
I did the same thing. It, 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 I, I, was, I was telling Carrie earlier, it's like, I think everybody just becomes so apathetic to it. Like, as far as these types of performances, it comes once a year. And the fact that it's Kansas State. And the fact that it was Kansas State, who just completely dominates Oklahoma. I kind of feel like what we've seen, at least in the past, you know, early days of Brent Venables as a running quarterback is still a thing. And, uh, yeah, and, shades of Brad Smith. You know, yeah, and L- of Roberson. Oh. But I, I still kind of, in a weird way, I look at Texas and I'm like, okay, well, the team that's going to beat OU this year, I was like, okay, has to have a good defense, right? And then the team that beats uh, Brent Venables, you know, a running back uh, or quarterback is a running quarterback. And I'm like, all right, well, the thing is, Texas doesn't have either of those. They don't have a good defense and they don't have a running quarterback. So I'm trying to look at the positive here. Yeah. You know what's what's crazy is it's flipped because it used to be Texas that had the problem with Kansas State. Like, they would lose to Kansas State in that matchup. Like, it would either be right before the Red River shootout or right after it. Uh, But, like, I remember in 07... 07. I was at that Texas game. OU lost to Colorado because I was in Boulder. I was in Austin. And we were walking, uh, like, we were... We were walking from the stadium back to, like, downtown Boulder... And we like went through this Colorado like um, it was like a bo- like a booster party tent that they had set up, and they had the the Texas and in in Kansas State game on, and we just sat there and watched it because like we had nothing else to do except fly back early in the morning, uh, and it's just like those were the days when Kansas State would always upset Texas, and for OU it was always like something random like that Colorado game or um, Reggie Smith. Yeah, or Reggie Smith dropped a punt. Um, but, like, it is strange that Kansas State has now become that kind of just that thorn in the side thorn in the side of the Sooners. I think they just – and it, there is a physicality up front that they just owe you never matches against Kansas State. And that's the most frustrating thing is because you know what you're getting from that team. How much time do you think they spent on Tulane? Four minutes? <sighs> You mean Oklahoma on Tulane, or you mean Kansas State? Oh yeah, like two weeks ago. Yeah, they probably. I mean, they. It boils down to they just they were three for twenty on third and fourth down. Like you're not going to win any football games, no matter who you play, when you do that. And today the the roles were and they were three for twenty though because well OU what were they today Um, four for twelve I think on third down. And I mean the problem is you get in that position because you just do stupid things. And OU was just doing stupid crap. Yeah, you're having to get you're having to get ten or twelve yards on first and second down because you're already behind the chains. And the the thing was they could pick up ten yards almost whenever they wanted, but not over and over and over and over again. All of the OU penalties, specifically on the offensive line, they all had to be on the Kansas State side of the field on first down. Always on first down. I think down. third or fourth Three or four of them had to have been on first down. Yeah, after they crossed midfield. That's and it was, when they it was blew like up. you're finally getting momentum. You're finally starting to get that punch back. And then it just it, it, it kills the drive when you get behind the chains. I mean, that's not rocket science. That was the air out of the balloon every, it felt like every time. They every time. Putting a drive together. You know what's funny, though, is like, I think this happens at every school, but like at OU, because the, they end up winning the Big 12. Like, Every Texas today at Texas Tech, I mean, they looked like they were going to run them out of that, uh, you know, out of that stadium today. All of a sudden, momentum changes a little bit, and you realize Texas is still kind of Texas. I mean, they're still the team that can't finish, that lost seven in a row to end last year. I mean, they're better with Quinn Ewers, but they still kind of have that that personality, that characteristic. And I think OU hasn't rid themselves of the Kansas State, whatever it is that they that they have that makes them lose to Iowa State and Kansas State. Like, they haven't ridded themselves of that. I don't know if it's a product of just being too high on yourself, you know, beating Nebraska on the road the way they did last week. I don't know what it is. But I, I, I really kept looking at Kansas State and thinking they just spent no time on – a non-conference opponent the week before and they focused on Oklahoma and tried to beat him with just being completely vanilla. But I'm like, yeah, if, when you do that, you're obviously focusing on Oklahoma and they don't, yeah. they, they know yeah. the way to win recruits and the way to, you know, escalate, 
you know, your brand in this conference is to beat the top dog, and mm-hmm. they consistently are competing with Oklahoma, and, right. and Leipold is just incredible. And not to mention, I mean, it's, it's going to be week in and week out with Oklahoma, and probably Texas in the same regard, and it's not diff- any different than it was, but there is an added, like, they're the traitors now. Like, uh, everybody's going to be gunning for Oklahoma and Texas to knock them off and to really make it hurt. I hope the officials aren't aren't uh, <laughs> taking it out on Oklahoma. I really don't want to ever be that guy to cry for no. it. No. <laughs> and they're, they're probably trying to get to the SEC, too. They probably pay better than I the I did SEC. think that the pass interference on uh, Justin Broyles was pretty bad. I, I thought it was bullshit, That too. was egregious. But everything else is like shit that they did they weren't making up it's like you can't jump you can't move before the ball snap that's a very elementary thing the most frustrating penalty of the night i it was it was third down right when they made the face mask at the end and, and oh i think aguebu had the face mask yeah on on vaughn it was third down yeah or martinez i guess it was <sighs> it w- i think it would have been I mean, third was, down i think it would have been third and long yeah. it would have been like third and 10 and the whole team was there to tackle him too i mean he would have at most gained another 3 yards and they probably would have gotten the ball back. Well, of course, then again, I don't know if they would have stopped them on a third and 10 quarterback run, but um, I felt pretty good about it at the time. I think like the glaring thing that we hadn't talked about, like tonight, you've seen such good tackling, and especially you've seen guys swarm to the football on the outside. But tonight you would see a guy miss the tackle, you know, when the guy caught that, when they would run like the bubble on the outside. Uh, the guy, initial guy would miss the tackle. I think Woody Washington did it one time. Uh, and then the second guy, there would only be one other guy coming at the guy you know that caught the ball. Like normally, you would see like three, four, five. So if someone missed a tackle, it wasn't that big of a deal because there'd be three other guys there to clean it up. Tonight, they just didn't play like that on defense. Like they were not a swarming defense at all. Well, there was nobody around. Like there was nobody around the football. I, I just there don't were know so it. many times they caught a ball without anyone five, ten yards. It felt like there were. If, it truly felt like at times there was like five defenders out there. Like they were playing six man down. Hey Eddie, you know when you're shooting and you're looking, you kind of feel when like the crowd can mm-hmm. feel it. Like the court, you're like yeah. the quarterback can hear. That the crowd's going yeah. crazy. There's a guy getting close to to you. I barely felt that at all tonight. No, like, I'm watching. They never, I'm, they never got close to him. There wasn't. Uh, it happened like once or twice tonight, and it just, just. I'm like, this is this is really, really weird for this defense. It felt weird anyway tonight. Yeah. The it, only it, big swell I remember is when uh, Martinez threw that ball up for grabs, and Bowman was coming from the middle of the field, and they could see him coming yeah, over to intercept what a, it. What a play that was by the wide receiver to knock him out. I thought that was interference, actually. Offensive interference. I think that was Knowles, wasn't it? Wasn't that yeah. Blake Knowles? Is, it, is that targeting? Well, that's I know the Josh thing that was I, saying yeah, that Josh he was thought saying it was targeting. If that was a defender, it would have been absolutely targeting. 100%. Yeah. At least it should have been offensive interference. But it didn't matter. They ended up punting anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But still. It was a hell of a play, though. Yeah, but that was the only play I could remember where the crowd was just like going, about to go it, insane, and then it didn't happen. It felt like there were moments where it was like you could feel like they he, they were getting close, but he always got out of it somehow, and it really it wasn't relatively close at all. Maddening. Yeah, it is maddening. It's it's just crazy to to think that it feels like they're back to, and I know it's probably not the case. It's very reactionary right now, but it just feels like they're back to square one now. Hey. I'm I, I'm the the whole big picture though. Coming into this season, did anybody with a brain that follows Oklahoma football actually think that they had a chance to win a national championship? I don't. I don't think. It's when, like, like we've never even talked about that. Yeah. Like it's like it's not something. Yeah, I mean, I think everybody coming into the season was so was so pissed off about the way that the national media perception was of Oklahoma. Like, okay, Lincoln left, so Oklahoma football left with him. And no one ever really gave Brent Venables any any kind of love at all whatsoever. It was just like, okay, he's the biggest name, you know, defensive or assistant coming into a program. And like no everyone's just like, Well, Oklahoma's taking a step back. And so I think everybody was so angry about that. They 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 weren't even thinking about could we win a national championship? Like what is success to you guys? To, I, I, my personal thought was, okay, make it to the conference championship game, and then it's a success. And, and, and this conference is actually pretty tough this year, and I, even, I still feel the same way about it. Like, I never, like, look, the talent, talent-wise, they're not there with Georgia, right? They're, yeah. not, they're not at that level yet. They're no. going to get there with the way it looks in recruiting. You guys could 
certainly speak to that, but I just don't think it's quite there yet. It's, you know, when people, you're... Here's the problem. People don't think like that. They don't think like you. Well, Venables doesn't either, but yeah. you know it's reality. That yeah, it's, people don't sit and say, okay, what's reality? Yeah. Like, what could... What, how many losses could I live with? Like, no one thinks like that. It's... It's it's it's, it's, it's win by like, 50 or... Yeah, the people that you're dealing with online, the mass majority of them are like, you know... Even if you win, they'll still want to get rid of Dylan Gabriel because he's not Baker Mayfield. They like, want to go to the office on Monday morning and be like, "We're Alabama, we're we're Georgia." Yes, yes. and I I get that to a certain extent, but I do think that whatever Oklahoma's fans' expectations were going into the season, it wasn't that. Like it, <laughs> it wasn't. It was far from it. I think it was just you didn't want to lose to Texas, you know, maybe that happens. You could, and I could even live with losing to Kansas State and doing it in a manner where you go, they just beat you tonight. They just, they've made more plays than you. I didn't walk out of there feeling like that tonight. It was like they got their ass whooped. They did. You know, about the last 10 years, every year, preseason, I always figure out a way to bet Oklahoma to win the national championship mm-hmm. just because I think it's a possibility. Yeah. yeah. I didn't do it this year. Wow. I just didn't think it was a reality. I'm like, okay, you know, Venables has got to get his guys in there and yes, they're bought in, but they just lost too much on See, offense like, and up front that I'm just not going to sit there and stare at it and be like, Oh yeah. National champions. No, they're not. They're not that yet. Right, like See, it's gonna happen though. Your brother and I joke I really about this all that. the time, like because we're at OU at the same time. Like we could see like in nineteen ninety six, like walking from class to class. Oh my god! Like you know, with your buddies or a guy that you just met and you, you start up an Oklahoma football conversation, and the conversation always was some derivative of. There's not a game on our schedule that we cannot win this year, <laughs> even though you're going to be underdogs. Like we have, we have. Kale Gundy or you know whatever we have talent we can do this and like like if the thing if everything turns right there's not a game that we can't win it wasn't like you know back then it wasn't like we shouldn't lose a game it was it was it was the opposite pretty much which was if magic fairy dust were sprinkled on every game this year there's a way that we could somehow win them all even though OU was terrible then I mean I, I think that was the year that Nebraska played OU here and Nebraska, yes. Nebraska scored five. Seth Luttrell was the starting running back. Five non-offensive yeah. touchdowns. <laughs> Actually, that was pre-Seth Luttrell, I think. <laughs> yeah, Seth Luttrell would have been like 99, right? I, yeah, like Blake, Blake started him. Maybe a freshman year or a redshirt, but yeah, I think it was pre-Luttrell. But yeah, that was, I think, yeah. I mean, those Nebraska teams were just nasty, and they did not take any pity on Oklahoma being down. I still think they can win this conference maybe but i'm just i you know i'm being realistic about it i yeah. just i i'm like okay i'm looking at the recruiting and i'm like blown away and i you know jackson arnold i got to see him firsthand i'm like he's so good oh my god he's he's yeah, go- you he, both have seen him first he's hand. going to play next year and he's going to start at some point next year i'm convinced of that you think well no, I, th- I, I think i really do you know if you're talking about realistic goals realistic goal is to, to play well enough to keep this recruiting class together yes to get your defense playing at a level where you don't have, you know, uh, departures or, mm-hmm. or, you know, what is it they call when you leave a ship, a, a pirate ship? Deserters. Like, you don't want any deserters. That's what I was, yeah, 10 to 9 and 3, just keep this recruiting class intact and everything is going to be fine. This is a gap year to me. Yeah. You just can't, you can't let anything snowball. And by snowball, I mean, go down to Fort Worth and get beat next week or lose at the Cotton Bowl or, you know, just look like shit in general. You know, Christopher, the good thing about you being here is like we are slaves to the message board. So like we're kind of doing a pod like that. We know the message board would be doing a little bit because it's all defeatist. It's all this thing's over. You know, Brent wasn't the answer. Fire roof. Uh, Brent wasn't the answer. The honeymoon's over. Yeah. What's the worst one you've seen tonight? I mean, I just dealt with Twitter, and then I rushed back here to do the radio show, and now we're doing the pod, so I haven't even been on the Crimson it, Corner. It, I, like I said, I, it's it's bad, but it's very expected. I think that there's a lot of people that just feel just kind of like, eh. It's, it's like I was walking out of the stadium, and I saw a couple of people I know, and it's like, just kind of laugh about it. It's like, well. That shit again. Yeah, like it happened. There we are again. <laughs> you can't. I'm not mad. I'm I, like. I'm I think people either. wanted us to. No, that, I mean, that's like why I brought that. Like your perspective is welcomed because it's like we do forget about like this really isn't about 
winning a national championship this year. It's about building it, holding it together. But again, what did I say when I came in here? And it's like, I don't want to hear any any silver linings. Yeah. Like, none of that shit tonight. Like, no, we're I mean, talking it, about all the crap we just watched. It, it just is old to sit here. And you, it, whether it be in week four or week six or week eight or, it, you know, it was week nine last year where you're like, ah, oh, they got problems. They got problems and it's not getting fixed overnight. And if Alex Grinch was coordinating this defense, as I kept thinking about it, I'm like, would they have given up that many points? I don't know. But I'm like, I'm like, I can't I can't think about that. I have to a, think was, about next it year. It was a very Alex Grinch like performance on defense tonight. He ha- he actually kinda handled running back uh, running quarterbacks and screwed that up all night. But yes, running quarterbacks is the that has been the problem with Brent Venables and his coming up party, I think, in 04 against Texas was when I was like, Oh, maybe he can handle a running quarterback like Vince Young, but that oh, was... Oh, remember, he, he held yeah. Vince Young to 12-0 game. I mean, yeah, shut was, him out. It was a little rainy that day, but it was it was kind of pre-Vince Young, like before he really, right. you know, really thrust it into exactly. gear. Exactly, yeah. I mean, that was 04, and then 05 is when they won the national title, so... That was the last game Vince Young lost in college. That te- that OU Texas game? 12 nothing. yeah. Wow. Well, um... I mean, and it, the thing about it, too, is, is we're going to sit here and... All week, they're going to say, you know, we're going to rely on the leadership in the locker room. Everybody's going to make that case that everything's okay. Nobody's panicking. But this game's going to always be in the back of your mind. Like, when is it going to reemerge? Yep. And they just, again, it was just so almost inexplicable to yeah, see Yeah, you're going to be wondering when when this defense falls apart again. Like, yeah. at, after, the, after they stop Nebraska, after that first series, you're like, well... Maybe Brenton has this defense figured out. Like maybe they've got it. Like maybe that is past us to where we see a defense that just falls apart and lets another team run all over them or whatever. But now that's gone. Like now it's like, okay, this defense can definitely get run over by anybody. It's like all the goodwill that they built over the last 10 months uh, basically went out the window in the matter of four hours tonight. Just do not screw it up next week. I don't think they will. TCU had their hands full. I don't think it was a similar deal. I think TCU had TCU had to win against SMU. They had to. They yeah. had to. Sunny Dykes had to win that game. I don't think they were looking ahead to OU. And I yeah, I, yeah. I overanalyze these things. You know, teams looking ahead. <laughs> I do it all the time. But I really do. There's a lot to it in college, especially trying to get these kids to to buy in every week. I do think OU is going to be laser focused and not looking ahead to Texas next week. And if they screw that up. Okay, yeah, I'm really worried about it. Now, now I mean, we, we need to wrap this up, but I, I wanted to kind of get this out there because people are going to be like, who the hell is this guy that they had on at the <laughs> end of the pod? Uh, your name's Christopher Fitzpatrick. You've been shooting, uh, you, you shot for a long time for Fox Sports Southwest, right? Like many years. Yeah, uh, 2002 to 2016, and I became a freelancer. So basically 20 years, I'm still doing stuff with them like I did tonight, Bally's now. Okay, we're not big Bally fans, but... Um, uh, trust me, I've heard it. <laughs> it's not your fault. Yeah. It's not your fault, yeah. Well, I mean, Thunder come around, we'll be fans again. We don't have to tell everybody specifics, but there was a conversation that we had that that may have been back-channeling between Bally and the uh, Oklahoma, um, the, the decision-makers at Oklahoma when it comes to TV decisions. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> but... Um, no, you also you just you, you've been touring the country with this documentary that you did with Mike Hostie too. Yes. Uh, the is it is the what's the official name? Is just Oklahoma Breakdown. Oklahoma Breakdown. Yep. And it's a documentary about Mike Hostie. And if there's, it's fascinating. I run into people who went to school at Oklahoma who don't know don't know who he is. Are you thinking about suing Gabe Eichert anytime soon? <laughs> no. <laughs> No, I was really blown away, but then I also found out that there's like a family connection between Gabe and and Hostie. Oh yeah, and so yeah. I was like, oh okay, that's that's cool. I, I don't. I mean, I don't think Gabe or Caroline would like Hostie's wife was her nanny when she was mm-hmm. growing up. Exactly. So. Yeah. I knew when I went to like I don't really know Mike, um, but when I went to one of Gabe's engagement parties and he was there. I thought it was really strange because I didn't know Gabe as like a big hostie guy. Yeah. Uh, and so then when I found that out later, it was so relieving because it, because I was like, okay, that makes perfect. And I didn't talk, I didn't introduce myself. I didn't talk to him. So I felt like an ass like the whole time. But I, I was just like, is he working the engagement? Yeah, is, he, like, is he about to play? Like, is, is he, he about getting to do ready a set? to break out the, you know, the instruments and stuff. But, uh, 
No, and, and so yeah, the, the Oklahoma breakdown thing has a lot to do with you know his family and Gabe's family and why their podcast was named after that. And I, I know that like he's the sweetest guy alive because he just like told Gabe like here you know it was like on a napkin like here you can use my trademark and he, do whatever you want. He did the same thing with me. I, you know, had to ask him. I mean, there's a lot of Hossie songs, like 30 to 35 songs. He's like, yeah, you can do whatever you want to with them. And then, and you, you know, have to pay to license them. And no, all. which is, you know, I, but I, hopefully I, if the doc sells to like Netflix or something that like you get some, he gets a nice kickback out of that. Well, right? well, it's free promotion for him, basically more than anything. That's that's you know how how I was hoping he would look at it, and I think he has. We haven't really gotten into details about that, but he was just like, yeah, whatever. He's the most agreeable human being, and <laughs> and something like this because otherwise I couldn't do it. I mean, it's like thirty, like I said, thirty five songs. That's a, a lot of rights involved in that, and. Obviously, and how many years did you five five to put that documentary together? Five to put it together, and a lot of trips to Norman, a lot of Sunday nights at the deli, wow. um, a lot of red cups being drank throughout the uh, process of the uh, <laughs> filming of this. Yeah, and and, and you know, like I've, I've always just kind of it's it's always funny when he somehow mixes in football mm-hmm. and into his shtick, and you mm-hmm. know, anybody listening to this podcast who's who's ever seen Hossie, you know, there's it's. There's there's nobody like him. There's nobody in the world like Mike Hossie, and he lives in Norman, Oklahoma, and he's still playing every Sunday night at the deli. And I I every time I come down, I'm like yeah, he still got it. Well, like I was explaining, like him to like Eddie and the guys, like most people have no idea how many people he's taught how to play an instrument, <laughs> like in his lifetime. Like that's part of how he made his living was just giving lessons and stuff. So I'm curious to know real quick. I know you guys are really trying to wrap this up, but. Uh, you guys have seen him yeah. over the years oh, at yeah. uh, mm-hmm. the deli. Yeah. I, I think he I used the- to play the sports animal uh, when we stayed in Dallas for OU Texas. Uh-huh. He and Super Freak were like the two most played, like, like the two biggest uh, acts that came out to play at our, at our hotel. Yeah, Lafreak. Yeah. What did I say? Secret Love Freak. Yeah, yeah. Freak. Yeah, yeah, cover band. I, I'm just happy that you guys. And I remember I first heard that I was like, okay, good. The Senior Scoop guys are aboard. That's good because I need that in my corner if I'm going to try to market this thing. And to OU fans who don't know who he is, yeah. like if you yeah. see an icon with Mike, Ho- this guy in a beard <laughs> and glasses saluting with a guitar over his shoulder, that's that's the icon for even the documentary. If you, even if you've never been to the deli, I almost can guarantee you, if you've been around Norman, you've seen him on his bike somewhere like <laughs> like rolling around especially around the campus corner area i'm shocked every time if i talk like i talk i met some guy you know in the in the in media who went to school to OU. he graduated a couple years ago and he and he said he loves the deli goes there all the time he's like i've never heard of him <laughs> he must be a loser he's I, not up there on sundays <laughs> sunday that's how you separate the real people from uh, the uh, friday night goers <laughs> yeah you have to be a kind of a degenerate to really go out all the time yeah. on sundays yeah. but Anyway, uh, thanks for asking me about it. It's been a labor of love, you know. And well, you just you you is have you already had the New Hampshire or that so is that coming up? New Haven Docs or New Haven? Yeah, New Haven Docs is coming up. So it's it's going to screen it at a, another festival in Boston before that, and the New Haven Docs. It's I just talked to him about this. He is flying out to Connecticut, and he's playing his first show on the East Coast. So he's going to bring all this Norman, all this Oklahoma, all these Oklahoma witticisms. Oh wow! And he's going to be telling jokes to you know, people, Yale kids <laughs> or in that, everything in between. Can we, uh, can we shame like Norman film festival or anything? Like, is there any way to like, like start a camp? I mean, we're pretty good at starting campaigns here. We got the make Lindsay street great again. It, it was in the flyover today, by the way. I don't know if Eddie told you that or not. <laughs> it was pretty sweet. Guy came over and, uh, bought the, fl- or got the flag and, uh, he took it up there and it was definitely up there. Well, he he offered flying to buy the, the flag, the but truck. we told him no. It's or flying for, out of the back of the B fifty two. No badass. No ill will towards Norman Film Fest, and they're gonna help. You know, we're gonna. I don't know. Basically, make it quick. We had to cancel our screening at Norman Film Fest, but we're gonna do another one that's gonna okay, have cool. involved with it. And and there's. It, I just wanted everybody to get a the right you know viewing in the right situation mm-hmm. and to really get to enjoy it. It was it, it was just a, they had a last minute cancellation on a on a venue. And uh, it kind of fell through, but I want to have it in an indoor theater. So, you know, like, yeah. I mean, I was like thinking about you, like, I hope you can come and yeah. it's going to be, you know, perfect setup. And it just fell through. And I'm like, let's get this right. Cool. Cool. All right. Uh, I will say. Yeah, go ahead. The Selman thing was really cool today. It's unfortunate that it's going to be sh- overshadowed. I mean, obviously, I know, the, it's the so statue's going to be there forever. But 
Louie and uh, I mean uh, Lucius Leroy and Dewey, and Dewey and were Lucius. awesome. I thought that Leroy Junior. Leroy Junior was great. Uh, we put up all the video. It's up on the board. It's up on uh, YouTube. Or whatever, if you want to check it out. But that was a really cool thing. A really cool thing. And the the statue is badass. Yeah, I, I walked like, past it. Such it lighted a good up. Job it's with really that. cool too. They did such a good job. It's so much better than the Heisman Trophy <laughs> stuff. I think the guy's name was Chris Richards. So he was he did a really good job doing that it looked awesome and it was great to see the king out there there's only there there's literally one person that get away with some of the stuff that he said up there on the podium <laughs> talking about the tits on the uh the art statue in front of the arts college it's like i don't even know what the hell that is it's some gargoyle with big tits and everybody just started laughing i mean it was just like oh my god he gets a fertility goddess is he's, what that is. he's the best man he is the best all right. Today well, wasn't the best. Today was not great. Hopefully, a uh, little lightheartedness with uh, Christopher Fitzpatrick there made it not so horrible. Hopefully, well, uh, the U forty is going to be another. It, yeah, U40. it's going to be another. Uh, we're going to have to go relive this. Yeah, we might need to move it up to Tuesday just so we can get it out of the oh system. Oh my god, got to give Josh time. Uh, Josh may not even want to do Monday Morning Idiot this week. Uh, I don't know. It, well, it, I. Miss Tackle, Miss Tackle, Miss Tackle. We'll know how bad it is if Bob dropped an F-bomb at the U40 this week. He might. It might happen. He might. He might Isaiah Thomas the thing. He was just like, I I mean, we talked after the game. It's just like, I. it's inexplicable the way that they play tonight. You couldn't. I, I truly, I don't think that they can play worse. I don't think that it can be anywhere. I guess they you, could just have some turnovers. on Yeah, offense. I guess you would turn the ball over a couple times, maybe get a punt blocked. Yeah, but even even today, it was you know the Blake Knowles return that changed the momentum of the game. They just never were able to get it. Yep. All right. Well, that'll do it for the uh, Eskridge Lexus game podcast. Uh, well, you got to drop that right at the end. It's like three in the morning. Thanks. You were talking over it. Uh, <laughs> But uh, Ed we'll be would, back Ed would agree. next week from uh, Fort Worth. Uh, if you hadn't heard, OUTCU scheduled at 11 o'clock on ABC. Uh, the great guys at Eskridge Lexus will be taking care of us uh, as we head down to uh, Fort Worth. And no word if we'll, will we see Christopher down there or are you going to be busy? Uh, I'm trying to get tickets to that game. So, oh. yeah, I mean, let me see. You. you need to go. Like, I, w- I would love to see, like, Shots on on sights and sounds of you and Corby, just like you know, shirtless, just going nuts in the stands. That would be the Texas game. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, that's gonna do it for us. We'll see you guys back here next week for another edition of the Eskridge Lexus Post Game Podcast, right here on SoonerScoop.com.